This episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is brought to you by a familiar voice. Hey, Sexy Marriage Radio listeners, this is Shannon Etheridge, and Father's Day is coming up. And I know that every father out there would love to have a sexually confident wife for Father's Day and every day after. So I want to challenge you to consider attending our next Women at the Well workshop coming up in Tyler, Texas, June 18th through the 21st, where you will learn all kinds of things to help you become the sexually confident wife that you deserve to be. And if you would like to connect with your husband for the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway afterwards, we will get you from Tyler, Texas to Dallas, Texas for the getaway on Thursday afternoon. And we'll also offer you a $100 discount for attending both workshops the same week. To learn more, just go to www.shannonethridge.com and click on the workshops link to learn more. And as always, we love you for listening. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where we are having uh, straightforward, honest, no-holds-barred conversations about marriage and sex and all that that entails. Um, because sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not, but hopefully it's happening. And that's where we want it to go for everybody so that they can experience all that married sex has to offer. Uh, if you uh, are new to the show in the Sexy Marriage Nation, welcome. If you've been part of the Sexy Marriage Nation for a while, it's good to see you back with us again. Um, we are coming to you on iTunes. If you like what you hear, please uh, rate and review on iTunes. That helps us climb the charts. We're also on YouTube, so hello to you guys that are watching again. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you because our this is listener-driven radio in a sense that we get feedback via feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Uh, every email is read and incorporated into shows, and some are responded to straight away. And then the other way is call us on our voicemail line, 214-702-9565, because we... We really want to speak to what will help you. And so that is the reason my guest uh, is here today for this episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, because I was uh, going through some archives of some other shows, came across uh, Dr. Lori Mintz's work, and then what really stood out to me is the new book she's got out called Becoming Cliterate. And anybody that's going to title a book that straightforward, I'm on board because that is that is expertly titled. And so Dr. Lori is joining me today. So Lori, it's great to see you and, and hear you today. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. So if you wouldn't mind, since uh, Sexy Marriage Nation is going to be introduced to you with this show, tell them a little bit about you just so uh, we kind of get some of the introductions out of the way and then let's get into making the world more cliterate. That sounds great to me. So I'm a licensed psychologist in private practice in Gainesville, Florida. I'm also a professor at the University of Florida, where I teach the psychology of human sexuality to uh, about 100 to 200 students a year. Okay. It's really fun. Yeah, it would be. And yeah, it's really fun to give them science accurate information yep. about sex. Yep. And I'm also the author of two books, the one that you just mentioned, Becoming Cliterate, Why Orgasm Equality Matters and How to Get It. 
and a tired woman's guide to passionate sex. Yeah, I haven't picked that one up, but I did finish Becoming Clitorate. And and that's where I want to go because the thing that stood out to me is this whole concept of orgasm inequality. And mm-hmm. so I'm curious, what how did how did you land there? What what kind of spurred this work? Well, what spurred this work is both my teaching work and my clinical work. Okay. So, in teaching psychology of human sexuality i when i teach about female orgasm it's really hard to teach about female orgasm without mentioning the fact that we have an orgasm gap and i was also seeing this in my clinical work and to define the orgasm gap is basically it's the fact that men are having way more orgasms than women are so in one, here's a, just one stat, in one nationally representative U.S. sample, uh, 64% of women versus, I think it was 96% of men, my, my numbers might be off by one or right, two points, right. but the bottom line is about um, a one to three ratio yeah. that men are having significantly more orgasms than women. So I wanted to do sort of a deep dive into why is this happening okay. and how can we change that? And that's what inspired me to write Becoming Clitoris. Okay. And so this so this goes down to, if, if you boil down the idea that, that the book is proposing, is it's really trying to empower um, in equip, arm women, and then in turn their partners um, to help raise the, that number. Exactly. It's, it's really written to change what happens in individual bedrooms, but also culture as a whole, right. which is a sort of a lofty goal, right? Um, <laughs> well, but... you're, you're in the world of sexy marriage nation. That's our, our lofty goal is the same. So. Right. So I wanted to change culture as a whole and individual bedrooms to, to make, you know, orgasm isn't the only goal of sex, of course, and people can have satisfying sex without orgasm, but I don't think very, very few people would argue that it is a very pleasurable experience. It is, it it is enhances closeness and Mm -hmm. connection. And, you know, if one party is getting three times as many of those, we have to ask why is that and how can we change that? Right. Okay. And so let's let's start with the, so, the societal view of it, because that's the one thing you kind of lay as the foundation that society has taught um, in, in some regards, the man focused um that's that's the point of sex that it's penal vaginal intercourse only and that's how you define sex as opposed to you're coming at it and your lofty goal of no 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 sex is more broadly defined can you so what do, what do yes. you mean by that so i mean i really appreciate the way that you put that because that is such an important central premise of the book is that we define sex as penal vaginal intercourse mm-hmm. that and we have a societal script that says foreplay just enough to get her ready for intercourse intercourse male ejaculation sex over yep and even the words we use you know sex equals intercourse foreplay is everything that comes before the main event and that is so deeply ingrained in mm-hmm. our culture but it causes massive problems because 
the vast majority of women do not orgasm from intercourse alone. Right. And yet they feel that there's something wrong with them. And, uh, and men often feel like this is my job. I'm a real man. If I make her orgasm by lasting long, thrusting hard. Right. By just and, the penal vaginal route. Right. right. And so that is really that it's so deeply ingrained and, you know, yes, you know, we can say, you know, ejaculation, male orgasm has procreation in its favor. But and I say this in the book, writing way back in the 60s, Masters and Johnson say that doesn't account for the force with which the female orgasm has been sort of negated or considered less important right. in the whole scenario. Right. And so go just from the research that you found for the book, um, when you're talking about the, the vast majority of women that are unable to orgasm just from penile vaginal intercourse alone, what can you remember those numbers? And just to oh, kind of, because I that's, sure can. <laughs> I, I assume you could. I mean, I, I know we're right in your wheelhouse with this, um, but this is one of those that there are so many things that come out there in the tabloid world we're in. And so you could take data, you, you know, you're a researcher at heart as well. So you know full well, I can take some research and I can pull out it and make it say what I want it to say. So absolutely. I've I've appreciated, I'm sorry to step on you just real quick, but just so my audience understands the thing I loved about your book is you came at it from a science basis. You came at it from here's credible stuff. Let me give you what the other people say too. So that way we've got the contradictions, but then people can make it, make a choice and a decision based on here's the data. And so I would love to hear what's the data for, the percentages of women that can orgasm through penile vaginal intercourse alone versus needing to have the clitoris involved. Yes. And, you know, I'm so glad that you found the book Science Space because it was, that was very important Mm -hmm. to me that it all be based on research. And the question that you're raising, what is the percentage is an area that's really fraught with uh, some contradiction and some confusion because and I find this really interesting. The percent depends on how you ask the question itself. Sure. So if you ask, how do you, do you orgasm with intercourse? So you're including the idea of intercourse in the question, which we know has all this weight. Women are supposed to do that, right? Right, right. Then about 30% of women say, oh, I can do that, you know, mm-hmm. even if they've only done it once or twice. <laughs> okay. Um, So, but when you actually specify how can you orgasm from intercourse alone, like you're not getting your clitoris stimulated in some way by the position you're in or, you know, touching yourself during intercourse or whatever, those numbers decrease. And again, there's variety in how far they decrease. Some don't find they decrease very much, maybe 20%. Others find it goes down to 15%. Okay. But then when I ask my, my students a question, and I've asked this, it's been over six to 800 students about over many years, what is your most reliable route to orgasm? Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't pull for intercourse. I just give them a bunch of choices. 4% say intercourse alone. Okay. So really, huge difference. (laughs) Right. Right. So, you know, really it's, it depends on what question you're asking, Mm -hmm. but absolutely. 
if you're really asking women, what is your most reliable route? Um, most say some form of clitoral stimulation, whether it's paired with penetration or not, about half and half. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so with that information and with the Sexy Marriage Nation hearing this of, okay, because this is going to speak to a lot of women that have bought into the idea of either I should be able to climax just during penile vaginal intercourse alone, or um, they realize, okay, it's 30%, so that, that helps alleviate some. But if they hear, wait, even that could be skewed and, and high. So that's the point of how do we involve the clitoris? How do we, as you have aptly and succinctly put it, become clitorate as a nation and as, as people? That the, and that the, to me, it, I mean, I can give you specifics of how we do it in individual bedrooms and I'd be happy to do that because it involves changing that script. Mm -hmm. Um, But as what we need to do is do something we've never, ever, ever done in Western history, and that is consider clitoral stimulation equally as important as penetration, as much of the main event as um, penetration. Um, I, I say in the book at one point that, you know, if we had, if we turned the tables you know, we might call clitoral stimulation sex and intercourse post-play, you know, if that <laughs> okay. was the main event. Okay. But we don't, but I don't think that is a good solution. I don't think we need to turn the tables right. because there can't be quality without equality. Right. And to me, quality sex is about equally valuing each individual route to orgasm and holding clitoral stimulation and penetration as equally sex, equally as important. Okay. And so let's do a layman's terms of how do you get the clitoris involved? Okay. Because I think think that's worth, that's valuable information. And obviously in your book, you go to great detail of here's how, which I, well done, (laughs) because there are lots of people and I know um, a lot of times in my audience or at the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway or some of the different things that we've done where this is just not talked about. I mean, it's you're never going to hear a sermon on let's talk about the clitoris at a church. <laughs> That's just I, I can't imagine that we will get there as a society. Um, although I'd go to that church <laughs> because they're willing to to speak to some things that that, man, that that can really help some people. But it's it's worth we got to spend some time going where no men go or no women go sometimes just because it's valuable to know. Absolutely. Thank you for being willing to go there. And, and I would go to that church too. So let me know if you hear <laughs> okay. of it. Um, I will do it. You'll be on the email list. <laughs> okay. So the, and I, you know, the chapter you're talking about where I do give kind of a play by play, how mm-hmm. do you do this? I had a lot of trouble writing that because I had to find a way to do it that was, wasn't the usual advice. Do this and everyone will orgasm because you have to also honor the fact that every woman's body is different. Every woman's genital nerves are actually positioned a bit differently. So communication is always part of this script and we can get back to that. But So what I did in the chapter and what I want to do for listeners is basically 
I use the metaphor of a script. Remember yep. I talked a minute ago about foreplay, intercourse, ejaculation, yep. sex, sex over. That's like the play. That's the script of the play. And so I basically say, let's change that script. And here's four types of scripts. And I can delve into any of them that you like. But, you know, and they're all named after the female orgasm. If it's a female reader, the, you know, the male perspective, if you're a male reader. So the first one is she comes first um, or you come first, depending on right. who's, who's Depending on who's reading. Right. And so what would that be? That would be, for example, oral sex during which the woman has an orgasm followed by intercourse where the man has an orgasm or oral sex turn taking where the woman comes first Mm -hmm. or manual finger stimulation of um, the clitoris and then intercourse or, and I'm not sure how your listeners feel or, and so I want to talk to them about vibrators. Oh, you know, we a have, we people... have a sponsor that Covenant okay. Spice. So we're okay. good. Go there. <laughs> we're good. Okay, good. So, I mean, people, people have been using vibrators for centuries yep. as we, you probably have talked about and, you know, they're not a substitute for a partner. They're, they're just um, a way that many women need that intense stimulation to orgasm. So vibrator or female orgasm followed by intercourse. So basically anything that gives the woman full clitoral stimulation first, Yep. you know, Yep. Um, and then the next play is she comes second, basically. And that play is... The reverse, except there's something very important about this, that a lot of times um, we have images of rushing into intercourse without enough clitoral stimulation. And if a woman has intercourse before she's aroused enough, it'll actually be painful. Right. Because she won't be lubricated enough and her cervix won't pull up out of the way. Right. Um, And 30% of women say they've had painful intercourse and not said anything to their partner. Okay. Which is a... So a lot. That so can, this, yeah, that confirms the importance of communication <laughs> that you're alluding to of how yeah. we've got to be better at communicating with each other, but we also got to be better communicating with ourselves of like, wait, I got to face facts that this hurts and I got to say something because I can't just grin and bear. It's not going to help any one of us. No, that's not, not a, not a way to enjoy what is supposed to be an enjoyable connected right. part of marriage. So, you know, enough clitoral stimulation until the woman is very aroused um, and and then intercourse during which the man orgasms and then some way for the woman to orgasm after. Again, manual stimulation, a vibrator, et cetera. And I can get to the man's role in a minute. Like, so, because a lot of men will ask, well, what happens to me during all this? You know, how do I stay excited? We can address that in a minute. Um, And then there's the, you come together. Mm -hmm. And I do not mean at the same exact time with the simultaneous mythical, Uh, the the porn (laughs) exacerbated. Yeah, no, I I know what you're talking about. That is, that's that myth of, the, the whole, I, I can't even think of the actual words that it would fit it, but I'm, it's, it's that concept of some of that's just not even completely realistic. Exactly. Exactly. Plus, as some writers say, like how marvelous it is to experience and feel your partner's orgasm, 
you know, rather than try to time it. Plus, if you're trying to time it, I mean, the reality is like you're going to be more focused on your partner than yourself, which means you're not going to be able to have an orgasm, which requires mindfulness, immersing in the moment. So you come together means during the same act, not necessarily at the same time. Okay. And, you know, that act can be some, you know, something like the old 69, but a lot of people say, well, that's too much going on. It can be mutual touching or it can be intercourse, but, you know, intercourse in a certain position where the woman is sure to get clitoral stimulation Mm -hmm. and that can be the woman on top position, but, you know, she can rub her clitoris against the man's penis or pubic bone, but that's not enough stimulation for a lot of women. So having the woman use a vibrator or her hands on herself during intercourse, there's also actually some really interesting couple vibrators. There's um, a cock ring, um, a ring the man wears Mm -hmm. around his penis with an attached clitoral vibrator so that the woman can actually get clitoral stimulation during intercourse. Um, There's something called the EVA. It's a wearable vibrator. So that that's coming at the same time, you know, it's, and then the final play is it's, it's not necessarily a mainstay of a lot of relationships, but it's, it is an option. And I pointed out, it's only you come yeah, and only the woman comes. And when people, when I, people hear that, they're like, that's weird. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's what's happening. That's society. <laughs> yeah. That's society speaking in this script that you're talking about that wait, that's, that's the unicorn that exactly. Okay. And I had a writer, um, you know, write into my psych today blog and say, you know, I do this with my wife every Sunday morning. It's a loving and giving experience. I simply stimulate her to orgasm and ask nothing in return. Um, yeah. So again, those are different ways to change that script and make make clitoral stimulation just as important okay. and as so, ejaculation. So tell me how you think of this, because what I've been doing as a trend on Sexy Marriage Radio is trying to... Uh, help listeners in the Sexy Marriage Nation think of marriage as a long game. That's the beauty and sophistication of it. So therefore, it's not necessarily about the event. It's about the entirety of the events. So if you think of it in terms of, okay, hold on. So I'm going to make Pam, my wife, uh, she's the main attraction today. It's her pleasure in this event. Is It's all about, that's the play we're going to do. It's her. So, so I don't get attention at quote unquote in that, in that play, but so what, this is a long game because the next day or later that day or later that week, it'll, the roles, you know, we could do a different play. And I, that's the thing I love about the sophistication and elegance and sacredness of marriage is this is a long act communication play. Absolutely. And I think that it's really important to, you know, to not misinterpret that I'm that I am saying that every encounter, both people have to orgasm, right? Whether that's, you know, in general, or because you're doing the only you come, you know, event that you're right, that it's a, it, it is a long haul, and moods change, situations change, people change. And in marriage, you, you kind of go with those ebbs and flows yep. together over the long haul. Um, but the point is, if in the long haul, 
one person's orgasms are happening three times as many right. as the others is consistently, that's really something we need to look at yeah. and say, why? That, why that is al- that happening? Yep, that alters everything. Yep. Okay. So I completely agree. Okay. So how do we then, if you can speak uh, briefly on just finding the clitoris can i mean i think i think that can be relayed over the audio waves uh, enough just to kind of give a little bit of a roadmap because i can think of some of the emails that have come in to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com that talk about i don't have anything i don't know i was not taught um you know genitalia and a vulva and i mean the penis yeah everybody kind of understands that appendage because it's external and you know, you've seen it. <laughs> so it's much more complicated than just that. There's other components of it that are very elegant and sophisticated. But a woman's genitalia, that's that's the forbidden fruit, if you will, sometimes. So walk us through a roadmap just real quick. Yeah, and, and it's true. I mean, a lot of women don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a study just, you know, like about 30% of people can't locate the clitoris on a diagram. That would not be true of the penis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. So honestly, the clitoris is both an internal and external organ. It's actually way bigger than people realize. But mm-hmm. where you're really talking about locating and finding is the external part that is touchable. And basically, if it's, you know, I hate to use this, but it's a good visual since we don't have a picture. I have pictures in the book. Yep. You know, people talk about the little man in the boat. Um, so if you think of a canoe, yep. you think of a woman's vulva as a canoe and there's a little person sitting at the kind of top of it, mm-hmm. that would be where the clitoris is. And in fact, what's really interesting is women have internal in lips that are they're called the inner lips and the outer lips mm-hmm. but don't get confused because the inner lips sometimes stick out from the outer lips that's very normal etc but if a woman would take a mirror and kind of pull her vulva apart and she would look at those inside lips um which are actually analogous to the head of the male penis mm-hmm. um in terms of child um, in terms of infant um, embryo development, and she'd follow those lips up to the top. What happens is those lips meet to form the clitoral hood, which is analogous to the male foreskin. Right. And under that hood is a glans, and that's analogous to the the tip of the penis. And there's a teeny teeny little organ, and it's for most women, it's so jam full of nerves that it's very too painful to touch directly. So a lot of people like to stimulate it through the hood that covers it or from the side or from the lips, Mm -hmm. but that's where the clitoris, the external clitoris is and how to find it. Good. Because that's, that's information that's worth knowing because if you're, if you're really wanting to get this part of you involved, you got to know where you're heading to have it. (laughs) And that's the interesting thing is that the gap from the vaginal opening to the clitoris varies among women. Um, but a lot of times if you're just doing penal vaginal intercourse alone, you're pretty far away if you think about it from the clitoris. So it is difficult to get it involved with quote unquote intercourse. You know, I'm so glad you brought it up. It's also, there's variation in how far the clitoral hood and glands are from the vaginal opening 
And there's really good research that the anyone who's has more than about an inch, they just it's it's not close enough to where the action is to be stimulated. And I use a metaphor in the book that's not mine, but I love it. And that is you know, if intercourse works to stimulate the clitoris indirectly, it's because you're pulling in and out. The lips are moving. Mm-hmm. You're, you're moving the lips and by penetration, which is stimulating the clitoris. But, you know, you're, if you pull on your ears, it'll move the cheeks. Yep. You know, yep. but it's a whole lot easier to just move, just your move cheeks the cheek directly. <laughs> exactly. If that's the, if that's your goal is to get your cheeks moving, pulling your ears isn't necessarily the best way to accomplish exactly. it. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I guess the last thing I've got on my mind is um, I've, I've got some emails that have come in that from husbands that they want to get access for her pleasure more she's reluctant. She's not willing. It's happened a couple of times, but it's not a regular occurrence, even though he's a willing participant. And obviously these are skewed because I don't know how willing he really is. It could just be, I want more warm up so I can, so I can be the main attraction, but I'm going to take it as no, they want access because they want her pleasure. Do you have some thoughts coming from a woman and a scientist in the work that you do that can help a woman realize the role that this can play, how this can enhance their life, how do you overcome the shame or the uncertainty? Can you speak to that for just a little bit as we wrap this up? Yeah, absolutely. And big shout out to the men who are writing, who want (laughs) to make it an equal opportunity event. And I take it at face value too. Mm -hmm. Um, To the women, I'd say the shame of your orgasm, the shame of your sexuality, the shame of clitoral stimulation in our culture is so deeply ingrained. It goes way back to Freud who said, you know, he started this whole mess. Um, (laughs) Way to go Freud. Yep. Yeah. When he said the clitoral orgasm is immature, he even said as when a woman is married and has had sex long enough, she will transfer her clitoral feelings to her (laughs) vagina. It's like, that's like saying, well, the longer you live, you might be able to eat with your nose instead of your mouth. Like you don't transfer sensitivity of an organism of an organ. I'm sorry. So to the women, I'd say like, this is like a lot of things that you have to work on. It's you have, it's so deeply ingrained in you because you've grown up in this culture that it's, it's okay to acknowledge that, but to move past it too, to educate yourself, like to normalize what Mm -hmm. you need to, um, to, um, enjoy your body. I actually had a client, um, and this may be really helpful to your listeners. Um, when she learned about the clitoris, um, she came back to a session and she was said, I've been thinking a lot about this. And she said, I think that it's God's gift to me. I think the clitoris is God's gift to me and I am going to therefore use it to the best of my ability in my marriage. And that really helped her to realize it's the, it's there for a reason. Yes, The clitoris is the only organ in all of human anatomy that is only purpose is pleasure. The penis is pleasure plus urination, you know, (laughs) right. The clitoris is, does nothing but pleasure. So 
it's a very unique organ. And to give yourself a pep talk that it's there for a reason and learn about it and use it. Perfect. Yeah, because that's that's that I think that's a message that needs to be heard far and wide. So, Lori, I have to say thank you for joining me with this. Um, give uh, the the Sexy Marriage Nation some. How do they find more from you? How do they if they like what you've got going on and the research and the science that you bring to this? How how do they find more? Thank you for having me and asking that. You can find Becoming Cliterate as well as A Tired Woman's Guide to Passionate Sex anywhere where books, ebooks, you know, um, <laughs> anywhere you know, they're sold. Yep. Are, anywhere they're sold. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, indie bookstores. And you can also learn me- more about me and links to my social media at www.drlauriemintz.com. Perfect. So, Lori, um, thank you for the work. Uh, thank you for helping educate the Sexy Marriage Nation because it is something that when we can get the, the captain of the boat or the little man in the boat, I like the word captain because that's, that's, he, he can that's really better. help. better. I like that. He can help yeah. kind of lead that ship places it can't go on its own, maybe. And um, that we, we can get him involved a whole lot more. Everything gets better for everybody, I hope. Yes. Well, thank you for being, you know, doing all you do to educate um, your listeners and for letting me help with that. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Nation. Uh, hello, I'm talking to the Sexy Marriage Nation. This has been Sexy Marriage Radio. <laughs> Thanks for taking some time out of the day to spend it with us. Uh, if we left something undone, let us know. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com or 214-702-9565. We'll see you next time.